Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, we're recording. Yes, sir. All right, welcome everyone to the Rink Rat Report podcast. We're recording this Tuesday, March 28th. Uh, you'll probably be listening to this on the day of the Leafs and Florida Panthers game. Joined by Jason today. How's it going? How's it going? We're, we're oh, clinched. You know, clinched. Clinched. Doesn't feel like that big of news, but it's just like, because well, it's maybe, like. Maybe because we almost clinched back in November. And same thing with yeah. Tampa and same thing with Boston. Once mm. Boston went on that tear, we were kind of like, all right, we did no chance of us getting first. Nothing really for us yeah, to, forward to look forward to. Like, yeah. yeah, the least Tampa matchup has been kind of expected for, for the longest, longest time. Um, but I will say I did send you someone's season predictions from NHL.com and they didn't have the Leafs in the playoffs. So um, what, yeah, suck it. The Leafs clinched with like eight games left. So. Yeah, and also like clinched by a landslide. It's not like they. I mean, yeah, like you said, with eight games left, but like they're gonna finish second in the division, like, like second. Top, yeah. top five in points. Like, who? Like, oh, mice. What a crazy, crazy take that is for them. For them to be like, if if you think back to the trying to be season, that bold and say that the Senators are gonna make it over the Leafs. Yeah, but like, what's what's the condition in which the Leafs miss the playoffs? Their goalies are horrendous. Guess what? That happened last year. Yeah, goalies are like we're way worse last year, and like uh, coming into the season, we were like, ah, are these guys better than Jack Campbell? Maybe, but like they're definitely all better than Peter Mrazek. They're definitely probably both guys are better than Eric Schalgren, who played fourteen games last year, right? And yeah, but also on top of that, a few of like the public models, these guys were saying, oh, the Leafs are barely going to make the playoffs this year. Really. Which public yeah, models I are saying that? That guy, ineffective math. Jay Fresh did as well. Uh, Dom decision had them in first, but I, I mean, believe it was a, one of the J fresh models had them like wild card, barely getting in. That might've been the fan voted one though. Not the, no, it wasn't. All right. But the fan yeah. voted was obviously the uh, opposite because listen, there's a reason that the, the two that you mentioned, there are two of the worst at beating R right. The R right. They're two of the mm-hmm. worst according to R, whatever that, that pig. I know that that, I don't know what it means, but it's a letter, but, um, and Dom is one of the best. So, um yeah. yeah also yeah anyways we can we can talk about those mo- those guys models all day i clinched exactly it's not it. really it's not really a hot take <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that they were gonna that they were going to make the playoffs now comes the real test i mean it, it's kind of funny everyone's reaction that like they clinched it was just like okay well here we go again <laughs> yeah the, like, uh, eighth year in a row or seventh, yeah. seventh year in a row Seventh year in a row. And honestly, like people are going to laugh at this. I get it. We've met, we've also been bounced six years previous. Right. But in the first yep. round, but like, this is like a, a big accomplishment. I think like, I don't know how many teams have been able to the, get, get to the postseason this consistently over a seven year stretch. And I, I get people are probably going to like, people will probably laugh at me like for saying red that, wings. But, yeah. Like, ruined, but this is, like this is, this is not like an easy thing to do though. And like all of sports, yeah. it's very hard for teams to like, good and consistently good for a long time. And I get it. We haven't seen the progress that you want to see, but again, progression isn't linear, right? There's mm-hmm. going to be uh, 
There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. downs. There's really been no downs. Though. The only downs is that we just kind of, it's just a brick wall. That's, that's kind of all it is. Just a long plateau, but it, yeah, eventually. You're, you're right. It hasn't been a down because it's been the same thing <laughs> for, for six years in a row. Is it six years? 17, yeah, six 18, years. 19, six 20, 21. This is the seventh. And then 22. Yes. So six. Yeah. So that's so funny. <laughs> I mean, linear. I guess. I guess technically, it's not linear. It's been pretty linear so far, but it's not yeah. linear. Development yeah. is not linear. Eventually, I mean, te- you gotta go up. Or yeah, down. Te- technically, I guess we missed in the lock the COVID year because we. Yeah, technically, we you didn't to lose to the first round of the playoffs exactly. because you didn't get to the first round of the playoffs. Exactly, but, but I feel like us missing the playoffs would have felt like a little bit more of a been more of a deeper scar to take than. Well, it was like the first elimination round, so yeah. Yeah, it all just felt to say it sucked those like that that series sucked because you've played a team that you should have beat the wheels off of but i'm glad that uh i'm glad that Kyle Dubas went a different direction with some of those players and like changed the mix up of the team there and was able to buy some cap space even though you got rid of Janssen who we thought was a decent player for Joey Anderson um who's like the 13th forward i mean still that cap efficiency there and what Janssen ended up being, like, you know, advantage was, Leafs. Yeah, that was a massive trade because, again, like, I know we're kind of off topic now. But, yeah, like, that's – he just got cap dumped. He just got sent to the, did, to the Sharks because he needed to match Meyer. So, like, and that's mm-hmm. – and this is, like, his, what, second, last, or yeah. third – like last, Kaplan last. got cap, like, cap dumped pretty much to the Blues. He got, he got put on waivers and no one wanted him. It's crazy that we even got, a, like, a, a pick, got, let alone a first. He got put on waivers. I thought he got. I'm pretty sure he got put on. No, waivers. he got traded. He, he got, got traded, scratched a bunch. He was he was gonna get put on waivers and exactly. then he got traded. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like he's scoring more, but it's just like positive regression. Like it's he's still the same player. Listen, it's if you if you haven't fig, if you haven't like improved as, as if you've been in the NHL for like eight nine years now is I think what he's coming to now maybe ninety six born twenty fourteen draft so like. Six years, six. five, six, five, six full years around there. Yeah. So if you've been in the NHL for that long and you've made zero improvements whatsoever in any facet of your game, and you've been the exact same player that you were at 18 as you are at 25, like you know, I mean, 26, you're probably going to be the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, like, yeah. Good um, to do this. So in regards to, I uh, sorry to go more off, off topic, but in regards to the Leafs making, the playoffs once again. Um, let's take a quick run through where, how we like the years prior to this. I, I, I like looking back. So we had 17. We got in because Connor Brown, was it Connor Brown or was it a James? Connor Brown's goal. Yes. Connor Brown scored and Curtis McElhinney had to come in to re- for relief for Frederick Anderson, who got injured in that game and made a huge save on Sidney Crosby. It was like a big fire up moment. And then you almost got to play. You got almost got to move up and improve your, the Leafs almost got to move up and improve who they played against and improve. Yeah. And move up the standings. If they beat Columbus and they blew a two goal lead in the third period, they just lost all air out of the tires. That was kind of weird. And then 2017, 18, you played Boston again. Uh, I believe we were down three, one came back, tied it winning in game seven. And then that's where, the wheels fell off the wagon. Jake Gardner had a huge blunder game. Frederick Anderson sucked too. 18-19, we the Leafs were up 3-2. I remember during Easter, they had a chance to close it out at home. 
They didn't. They unfortunately lost. And then game seven, Anderson gave up a stinker early and they lost 4-1 in that game. And there was just no coming back. And that was the game that Austin Matthews played 18-38. And that, that trend kind of continues, but keep going. And then, so that was 1920 was the COVID year where yep. they went they went down two one in the series to Columbus best of five, if you remember. Uh they were down three nothing. Elimination, do or die. How many minutes left? Like five. They pulled the goalie. Austin Matthews dragged them out of the grave. So it's oh, Jason Spetz had a fight, which helped to fire the boys up but I think they gave up a goal after that, but doesn't matter. Fired the boys up, came back. Greatest comeback I've ever seen. Unfortunately, they went on to lose game five because various reasons. John Tavares missed an open net, took too many dumb penalties, this and that, whatever. And Liam Foody scored from the red line. And he's actually, fun fact, Liam Foody scored from the red line, didn't score another NHL until this goal year. until this year when I... Yeah. The day that he scored, I made fun of him earlier that day saying that guy is not scoring the NHL since he scored that goal. So yeah. Liam Foody, you're welcome for getting your first regular season NHL goal. I expect yeah. the check in the mail. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he scored from the red line, but do you remember that play? No, but... It was the worst line change I've ever seen in my life. The puck went into the Leafs zone and nobody was there. They were changing and they got stuck. And in that game, it was because they went to Vera's Matthews Marner and then they went Nylander at center on the second line and it mm. screwed everyone up. They took a too many men penalty. I, I want to say once or twice. They had so many bad line changes. That was just an all-time bad coaching decision by Keith. but what can you do? Um, but yeah, that game was... A disaster. Also in that game, Tyson Berry got injured. So we were running Cody CC and Martin Marinson on 5D. It's crazy how much better. And Muzzin got injured in that series. Just quick, quickly before you, it's crazy crazy because it was like literally like less than three years ago when this happened. But RD were Muzzin, Marinson, Berry, Hall, Dermot, CC, Briley. Like, and like, look at where we are now. Like, pretty good. Pretty good. I I would say so. I thought TJ Brody was on our team for this. No, the year so before. Weird. Year Anyways. before. I mean, like you say, like, oh, we had Tyson Berry, but it's like, okay, you, you gave up a lot to get Tyson Berry at 2.75. So, you know, but yeah. Then the next year was the Montreal year. We all remember that one very fondly. Yeah. Tough. Up 3-1, couldn't close it out. Game seven was a disaster. Or sorry, actually, sorry. Up 3-1. Game five overtime, Galchenyuk giveaway. Game six overtime, Dermot giveaway. And then game seven, everyone just puked on themselves, it looked like. They couldn't do anything out there. Um, and then we have last year, which everyone probably remembers. It's pretty recent. Um, yeah. Seven game series against Tampa. Couldn't close out in game six in overtime. And then game seven, we got hosed. That's all you can say. But fun little rundown memory lane. Um not the fun type of memories, really. They're kind of sucks to look back on, but there were some moments here and there in that one. Yeah, like some fun moments was like... Uh, it was pretty cool when the, they went up 2-1 in the series against the Capitals. Yeah, that was, that was, Every game went to overtime. I couldn't yeah. believe that one, except yeah, for one. And the Boston series really, it, it was good feeling like... Because in that Boston series, the, the, the one where Kadri didn't get suspended until... The last wait, 
Which no, I, he I, got I mixed... suspended early in both, I believe. Oh my god. Anyways, it, it just felt like in the Boston series we had it felt like we had them on their heels, which mm-hmm. was like a refreshing feeling for a team that is young, like and and like as Leaf fans, we've kind of been spoiled again with all this w- winning, even though we haven't really won. But like, man, we were really bad before we got these guys. We were like really, really, really. Even the bad. years they made the playoffs, yeah, like they the- were fake good. They were never. They they've they haven't been this like it, it's it's two thousand two or two thousand one last time they were this good like, and they weren't even that oh, good. No. That oh, three oh four. Oh, three oh four. Sorry, that's yeah. I got my years before pre lockout. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but you want to you want to run down? Okay, that's the Matthews Marner Nylander era of playoffs. Okay, whatever you want to run down the Kessel era when they were competitive. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but 11-12, I believe they were in a playoff spot until like 60 games left, 60 games into the season. So 20 games left. They ended up drafting Morgan Riley at number five overall because they, again, puked on themselves down the stretch, couldn't get anything going. 12-13, classic choking game seven. That was, we all remember that one. 13-14, they were in a playoff spot comfortably. It was in March. I want to say mid to late March. Jonathan Bernier gets injured. James Reimer just plays not that good. The Leafs lost eight games in a row, and I believe like five of them were one-goal games. None of them went to overtime. I don't think they lost a game by more than three. They weren't getting blown out. They just lost eight in a row and then missed the playoffs. And then 14-15, uh, they were in a playoff spot at New Year's, which is not... That late, like if you want to determine, oh, do you have a team or not? It's usually American Thanksgiving. The Leafs had a, were in a playoff spot after American Thanksgiving, and again, just shit the shit the bed and couldn't do any, and like lost, 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 and ended up trading everyone and drafted Mitch Marner that year, and then what? that's when the whole rebuild started. Thank, thank goodness for that. I mean, and that was the end of the Kessel era. Yeah, yeah. So it's crazy looking back, and then we don't we don't have to. Have to pretend to look back at the 2015 2016 year with Frankie Corrado as our number one, number one, number one left handed no, or right handed, whatever. I'm uh, just, just it was a number team. one, obviously not. But he was Peter, Hall, Peter Holland was our first line center, though. Peter Holland was our first line center. Leo Komarov was our all star representative. Oh, yeah. uh, James Reimer actually started playing better that year. Um, Bar- Jonathan Bernier has the funniest stat line ever down the stretch in that one. So they traded Reimer. They called up Garrett Sparks, who in his first start had a, a shutout, like a 15 save shutout against Edmonton, who was also garbage that year. But Jonathan Bernier started the year so bad, horrendous, couldn't stop a beach ball, got sent down on a conditioning loan. He was making $4.5 million a year, got sent down on a conditioning loan. And then at the end of the season, I believe the last eight games of the year, he had a 940 save percentage. In the last like two months, he had like a 920 save percentage. And yet the Leafs were still alternating between him and Sparks because they wanted to keep him out of the net as much as they could. And if you do anything less than half the games, the league's going to send you a letter like, hey, we know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Did you imagine (laughs) benching your starting goalie that's hot? Yeah, he's playing too well. We got to sit him. He's he's playing playing like like (laughs) Nelson Mandela out there. (laughs) That's a reference. <laughs> that's a reference right there. I love that one. That's that's crazy that that's the number one thing everyone remembers him for. Yeah. In Toronto. Yeah. So, <laughs> but anyways, um, we had actual topics to talk about yeah. today. 
I took us way on a different ass discussion here, but let's get into the games from this week. Um, kind of unfortunate. The most recent one, we like to talk about the most recent one first, obviously it was a couple of days ago, so we don't, we can really just amalgamate all three, but like the, it was the least exciting one, the, the Nashville one, like it was an all right game. It was not bad, a little bit lower event because it's Nashville and they don't have like their top guys are some of them are, I think a lot of them are injured. Forsberg, I want to say is injured. Johansson's injured. I don't know a few other guys, but they don't. Duchesne got hurt that game too. Yes, middle like of the first, second period. Yeah, yeah. You only played like second eight minutes. Period, yeah. uh, so that didn't look good. He's out weeks. But yeah, so in terms of this week versus last week, I believe last week the sentiment was okay, you won some games, but you know, the underlying numbers weren't very good. Did they actually play well? And the overall sentiment was mm, not that great. This week I thought was awesome. I thought the Leafs played very well against the Panthers. They played very well, didn't get the result you wanted against Carolina for various reasons. And then Nashville, they were able to close it out. They squeaked it out. It was on a back-to-back to less than 24 hours on the road, less than 24 hours between start times on the road as well. And you were up 2 nothing for the majority of the game. I thought it was a solid game, solid game from Joseph Wool in that one as well. But I think the number one difference... Well, not the number one difference because he played well in both those games. But Austin Matthews looked awesome. Looked awesome in all three of these games. Yeah, yeah. Plain I think it's. Simple. I think it's safe to say that he is fully back. And he mentioned earlier in this uh, cup. The uh, excuse me, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, that his like he was dealing with wrist issues and hand, or hand issues, and he looks yeah. and he says he's a hundred percent now. And he, well, I mean, he looks a hundred percent now. Fifteen Ooh. shots. 19 chance, sorry, 19 Corsi, individual Corsi for 19 for Austin Matthews in that game against the Hurricanes. I, I put together wow. all of his shots in a clip, and there was one one shot that he had, which was honestly, I, I loved. He, I, I forgot, it was, there was a dump in from Riley, and Puck swings around. Puck pops up in the air, and he grabs it, does a little spin around a guy, Pirouette. gets it on, yeah, gets it on the ice. And I mean, I think yeah, I goalie ends up saving it, Kochkov, but I mean, that was just a sick play. Um, and yeah, it just re- reminds us that, like, it just remind me that, hey, this guy's oh, yeah. take it in motion with your hand, make a spin move towards the net. That was, uh, that was something that all stars do. Yeah. <laughs> not exactly. many, not many guys are pulling that move off and making a scoring chance out of it. But yeah. in the Nashville game, like, I was by the end of the game, wasn't it a little surprising that, uh, that he ended up with no points in that, in that one? I don't think he had any points, right? I don't think so, but yeah, well, I guess, I guess, I guess yeah. I, I mean, they, we scored one on the power play, right? Am I re- remembering yeah. that? Yeah. So I, a lot of it was driven from him and like. Oh, never mind. He had two assists against. He had two assists. Yeah. Really? I did not expect that. Oh, two secondary assists. Okay. So that's two why secondary he didn't score. But on the power play. Yeah. Yeah. Two secondary power play assists. So it was like. He wasn't really involved in those plays. However, he was very involved in the game. I mean, 0.49 in, uh, individual expected goals for. You want to know, there were two players that had a higher individual expected goals for than him, uh, individual expected goals than him in that Nashville game. Can you name the two players? Uh, John Tavares, because he scored. Yes. Uh, let's go with... He had a sneaky, good game. No. Sneaky good game, I thought. 
Uh, I assume it's a forward. Let's go with yep. someone on the fourth line. Yep. Zach Aston Reese. I remember he had yes. a couple chances. Yeah. He okay. did. Okay. He was credited with three shots. I believe he had five. Mm-hmm. Five individual course. Okay. So they didn't say something. Austin Matthews had nine. Wow. Oh, my God. But, yeah, Zach Aston Reese, hell of a game. But, anyways, Austin Matthews this week was – it, it it was it was incredible. It was it was like what we were seeing down the stretch last year when he had that fifty and fifty. Like he was he was ridiculous this week. I mean, when you look at it, the Panthers game, he had two goals. I want to say an assist in there. I don't know. Got a nut tap in there as and as well. Carolina again, another little bag tap. Yeah, <laughs> those don't <laughs> feel great. Another two there. goals though, fifteen shots as you mentioned, and then in this Nashville game, I mean. Two kind of phantoms, but nevertheless, they count as two points in there as well. Like he is, he's been on fire once they switched him back with Mitch Marner. I mean, at times this year when he was paired with Marner, it didn't look, it looked good, but it didn't look quite as good as last year. But now they, like the, the chemistry is clicking and like Callie Yarncroc is real, is, is helping that. I, I never would have thought that adding a shooter to that pure shooter to that line would have been what really kind of solidifies it, right? Yeah, and I, I think the difference between Yarn Crook and Hyman and or sorry, Bunting and then also Hyman as well, because yeah, he has a history with that line as well. Um is like there's the strengths and weaknesses are different, right? Like mm-hmm. Bunting is also a, a scorer, but like how Bunting scores and how he gets like the puck, it's like Bunting is like is an aggressive four checker and always likes to be first man in and first on the puck always. When it's Cali Yarncrook, he's not as fast, right? So it it kind of by default, maybe I don't know by de- maybe by design as well. He's no he's not really the first guy in. He's not really that F one. Instead, it's either Marner he doesn't carry or Math- the puck out either. Exactly, and instead it's either Marner Marner or Matthews who are carrying the puck in, carrying carrying the puck out, carrying the puck into the other team's zone, or trying to retrieve pucks in the other team's zones. And those guys are both elite at retrieving pucks like Marner's Marner's ability to use a stick and like to disable other people's stick while they have, while they're on the puck is absurd. And Matthews is a massive physical specimen who can use Mm -hmm. his body to get people off the puck. And, and when that happens, then now it's like your star players already have the puck. Once you get, once you get possession, now they have the puck and you're almost taking away that extra step of bunting, get it to Matthews bunting, get it to Marner. (laughs) And maybe that's making it flow a little seamlessly. Maybe that's Galaxy Rain, but hey, it's, it seems to be working now. And it's and one more thing I just want to say, because you mentioned um, that they didn't look as good earlier in the year. We talked about this, I think, back, I want to say in December, maybe January, that like the juggling, and sometimes sometimes you need to like be away from a guy for a bit, get a, yeah. get a different look with a guy. And then once you're put back together, you kind of re, re, reignite that magic that you once had. A refresh. Exactly. So... Yeah, that's makes sense. We that's we talked about that. Yeah, like uh, we did. We, so, um, and yeah, like like I think we said it with this line as well. It's like, hey, like let's refresh it, and they did and put the put the lines back together for these last two games, and I think we'll probably yeah. be seeing more consistent lineups down the stretch here. It's just it's on well, like we're we the Leafs are getting Ryan O'Reilly back. They said not this week, probably next week though. There was a chance he could come back this week, but it's looking less likely. So next week, Ryan O'Reilly comes back. That's really going to shift. Um, that's really going to make a big shift in the lines, I believe. But the other thing that, like we mentioned, okay, Matthews and Marner back together. They're playing awesome with Yarncroc. 
Like it looks really good. Everyone's in on the scoring. Yarncroc scored um, against the Hurricanes. Matthews had two against the Hurricanes. Yarncroc had a couple chances here and there as well. Got robbed blind by Kevin Lankinen off of a Marner header setup. Are you kidding me? But now I feel like we're in a similar place to last year in the sense that it's Nylander Tavares together. And what did Keith do last game? So he switched. put Kerfoot on there. They tried bunting and your brother pointed it out. I rewatched the game. I looked at, you looked at the numbers. They were the uh, bunting Tavares Nylander together as a line against the hurricanes had the lowest expected goals for percentage out of all of the Leafs lines. They were at 48%. And why was that? Well, of those three players, like they all like to go into in deep into the corners. They all like to be in front of the net. They all like to, they like to play down low. None of them. It was, it wasn't any of their first instincts to be that F three. And in, in a couple instances, in a, a couple instances, it really costed them in that game. It was really not very good that all three of them got caught down low and they were very slow getting back the other way. And it resulted in a couple good hurricanes chances. So that's where I thought maybe, okay, well, if you tell bunting, okay, you got to be up here. You got to be in the F3 spot when, when like someone has to be in that F3 spot, I think they're all smart enough players. They'd be able to figure it out. But Keith said, Nope, Nope. You know who's good at F3? You know who's good at carrying the puck? You know who's better defensively? Or not good at F3? Scratch that part. Scratch that and scratch it again. You know who's better defensively? And yeah. who's better, more responsible defensively? Alex Kerfoot. Yeah. And, and it looked good. But guess what? It's looked good before. And then what happened? Yeah, we switched it up. But I, I think here's... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back on you a bit here. Because I think... I, while I agree with you last year, it didn't look as good. I think that's partially a result of what our third line was. Because I think our third line also didn't look very good. In the, uh, and we're talking in the playoffs here, right? right? They look good down the stretch, but they weren't good in the playoffs. And I think okay. part of the reason of the breakup of that second line was also because the third line didn't look good. Now, when you introduce Ryan O'Reilly on the third line, now things start to get a little different. And on top of that, it's almost like you have three... Uh, pairings mm-hmm. of center winger, center winger, center winger, right? If you roll with uh, Nylander and Tavares again, right? You have obviously Marner Matthews, you have Nylander Tavares, and then you have O'Reilly Bunting. And then that could be a line that we might see, and that could be a line that does work, right? Mm-hmm. O'Reilly's going O'Reilly's yeah. to really carry any line. And if, if Michael Bunting is a legit top, is an actual top six winger, and that's our third line. That's a really good third yeah, line, no matter, line. no matter who's there. No, I, that- I 100% agree with you on that. It's just my issue is Kerfoot, Nylander, Taveras is not consistent together. Fair enough. And, and why and- is that? Well, like Kerfoot's consistently just my, like just not good offensively. Yeah. He doesn't get consistent looks. He's not able to consistently drive chances. And why is that? I don't know. He's more of an off the rush player in the offensive zone. He, seems to not really know what he's doing out there. So that's where it kind of stifles that line at times. He had a good game against Nashville. Is he going to be able to repeat that against Florida? Is he going to be able to repeat that in the first round against Tampa? I'm leaning towards no, because 
we've seen this is what year four of Alex year three, four of Alex Kerfoot. Like we know what to expect from him. Like it's, it's the same shit every time. So to have him in the top six again, to me is just a travesty. I understand what you mean. It, it allows some flow and it's better overall for the Leafs. If they have that bolstered third line with Ryan O'Reilly and Michael Bunting. However, if your second line's a little bit wonky there, like, I don't know. It's still not the greatest situation, call it. But yeah. then again, it now it's who the hell do you put on that second line? It's getting, it's get, it's crazy, what, in my opinion. Okay, so would you rather have Ryan O'Reilly on that second line? Would I rather? But then, like, that'll I'll get into the like. How did the depth play this week? Not very good. Right. So, so I feel like you answered your own question there where it's almost like Kerfoot is almost, I don't want to say a necessity, but like really who else would play there. Right. And I think, I think that again, I like I backed my, I know I hate it, but I backed <laughs> myself into my own. I, uh, I, that was I, a fun I, argument. I started here and I went, Oh yeah, this, 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 this. And then I went right back to the original spot. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like but, by process of elimination, Kerfoot has to be the one there. But, and, and I think Here's let, let me win you over here for a second. Cause I feel like your, your mind is there, but your heart isn't there yet. And I, I let me win you over. Cause the, the defined role of that second line mm-hmm. last year, if our second line wasn't scoring, we were getting nothing from our third and fourth line. We were getting legit oh, yeah. nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Angval zero goals. Uh, Mikheyev only goals and empty two empty net goals. David camp. You're not going to expect that from him. Our only oper- our only chance at getting any points from our depth was coming from a 40-year-old Jason Spezza, who we don't have anymore. Pretty well. Yeah. Right? When you when you when you sort of add again, I think Ryan O'Reilly is the X factor here. When you add Ryan O'Reilly to the mix, now Ooh. that takes the scoring pressure off of that second line. They don't need to go out and like ID like hey, it's John Tavares and, and William Neal. They're gonna score and they will mm-hmm. score but they don't need to score every single game or else we lose because that's kind of where the point it got to last year. Right. It's like, they need to score or we're kind of F. So I I think adding that adding Kerfoot makes that line more defensively responsible and makes you able to be more confident in that line and just throwing them out there and saying like, if we need a goal, let's, let's throw them out there, but we don't really need to get that goal. And we can just, Again, throw them out there. We're not worried what's going to happen the other way because Alex Kerfoot is going to play responsible there. If you have Bunting there, like you said, he loves to go in the corners. It's a wild card. He, 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 he can sometimes get carried away. He's like so hungry to get the puck and always wants to be on the puck. It's, it, and then you also have a guy like John Tavares, who's a beast on the net front and similar build guy and William Neander, who always also always wants to be on the puck. They just don't mix well enough, I yeah. think, to, to, yeah, to, I, I wasn't expecting it though. Like I wasn't expecting them to not like to not really fit well together. I know it was one game. It was a small sample size. And it's like, like on the road as well, being put together like that, like how much can you really expect? But it was like, it was when watching it, it was very strange. It was just like, okay, like one of you guys has to go F3 and you saw it like not, it wasn't just a one-off. I saw it like four times. Where it was like, why are all three of these guys down low? And then you think about it. Okay, Tavares, and you think about it just like you mentioned there. Like, none of those guys, it's not their natural instinct to, okay, I got to peel off of the battle in the corner and then not go straight to the net. I need to find space in the slot. 
Yeah, exactly. Right? Like Nylander does find himself space, but like he's, he's really good on the puck yeah, as and, well. And his board battles are, are good. He's always been a notorious weight room guy and he's now he's 26 and he's probably yeah. strong. He's like, Hey, I'm probably stronger than 90% of people in the NHL right now. Cause now yeah. I'm fully It's built. like an opposite of, uh, of Callie Yarncroft who it's like, okay, he's maybe, he's not going to be the best on the puck, get him off the puck. He finds those spots and then it's in the back of the net. Right. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. I think that's a, the, the, he's the anti mm-hmm. anti Yarncroft. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, so I understand what you mean. It's not as big of a concern as last year, where last year it was we have one line going right now that will score us goals. The rest of them, maybe every other game will get, well, every other game will get two goals from our second line. We'll get multi, we'll get a multi point game from the second line, but then the next two games they'll be ice cold and and they'll have two goals against. Minus, yeah, yeah, minus two, but. And then the the third and fourth line, it was like you were getting you weren't getting any offense from them. Yeah. But now, yes, when you bring back Ryan O'Reilly, you have Yarncrock in that top six. You're able to use Bunting more as a utility role there. It does give you more confidence. But I, I, I would be much more comfortable, obviously, if the second line was a little more solidified. We'll call it. So, yeah. And and maybe we'll get be able to see that down the stretch here. So. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. You still got eight games left or so to find your footing chemistry, all of the above. Right. I think what it is, what is encouraging from these games this past week, I think it was um, the defensive chemistry, especially like Jake McCabe had a great couple games. I know they were scored. That second Carolina goal was a complete joke. I don't know how that ended up in front of the net. I don't know if you remember it. It was, there was the puck went, it was a bit of a scrambly play, and the puck was on the, the red line, right? Jake McCabe took a swipe at it at the same time as our yeah. Hurricanes player did. It hit off, Jake McCabe hit it. It went off the Hurricanes player's stick. It went, dropped straight down in front of the net. It was bobbling, and Cock and Yemi just took a swipe at it, and it went top shelf. I was like, okay, like this is the most garbage goal I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But, not- but yeah, what can you that do? Happens. And then on top of that, they they gave they had a five on three to start the game. They were shorthanded. They had a five on three to start, and then after that, they had another penalty. So they had three penalties within the first five minutes of the game, or four minutes of the game, actually. So yeah. that kind of puts you behind the eight ball to explain why they lost a game in which they dominated. Well. Spotting your opponent two goals doesn't help. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not, yeah, you're not going to win. Every, but again, process. I always, I always say this nice. process, yeah. process over outcome. And it's funny, like I'm going to kind of uh, do a little plug here, but yeah, I tweeted that uh, tweeted out before the Carolina game. Yeah. Um, the, the pre, so from, from the, the day of the Sandin and Engvall trades, yep. there were 22 games left in the season. Okay. Um, the before the Carolina game, the Florida game was the uh, the first of the the first half of those games. So the first eleven, and I tweeted out in those first eleven games, we lost the expected goal battle in four in seven out of eleven of those games. Mm-hmm. And I think I think a lot of that had to do with the line juggling. A lot of that had to do with obviously Ryan O'Reilly not playing. Um, but my biggest thing that I wanted to mention was that I think the biggest thing for this team is consistency down the stretch. 
because that's what we we would I think we'll need. Yeah. To see us win that expected goals battle, and ironically enough, last two games, hey, absolutely crushed the expected goals battle. Last and three games. Though we we lost we lost against Florida. No, they didn't. What? Are you sure? But no, they didn't. A uh, five on five, they for sure won. Yeah, sorry, they did win against Florida. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. Five on five, they for sure won. And Florida it was weird. They against Florida, the Leafs gave up a one point seven one expected goals against, which is pretty low. Yeah. But then at all situations, it jumps to like two point seven one. So there's a full, and that has to do with six on five. I think a close play happened, something like that, which the game was already kind of in favor of the Leafs at that point. And then on top of that, on the power play, something happened as well. I think it was two whacks, pretty close in. So. Take of it what you will, but the Leafs, the Leafs handled themselves very well in that game. Yeah. I think they were pretty well in control most for the most part. And ironically, one of the lowest, other than the last two games, one of the lowest expected goals against games in I want to say since February fifteenth. Wow! So, like total all situations, uh, or five on five, five on five, five on five, five on five, five, on five only with a one point five seven. So. Yeah, they didn't. Um, like, uh, I wonder why that was. Five, they didn't give. They didn't give up much. Yeah, their their D looks solid. Were they rolling seven D that game? Uh, I actually I want to say that. I no, they weren't. I I have no idea actually. I I really forget. Morgan Riley was rested. Ah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they were rolling seven D. Tries to set. This guy tries to set me up. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. But yeah, Morgan Riley was rested <laughs> and one of our best expected goals against game and since and literally in the last month. But yeah, um, it's it's uh, maybe maybe we will. Is uh, there a point that you would like to make to that? No, maybe maybe we'll just segue into this topic of uh, the okay. deep pairings, maybe because um, yeah, I think the way we've been rolling them lately is kind of good, and I think I think Sheldon Keith might be a listener to this podcast because. Uh, Again, last last two games we've seen kind of what we've been asking for. Uh, and I, I, David Alter actually tweets this out before every game. He tweets out an article and he has a grid of every single starting combination for the Leafs. Uh, I don't know for every single game. And I look back and you can't. Unfortunately, you can't. Uh, it's it's a it's a picture. It's not like a, yeah. a chart. So I, I would try to like count how often we we were like rolling with the same pairings consecutively and since the trade deadline again like i said lack of consistency we have not had the same d pairings at all at all yeah. since that and obviously if you're watching you know that but this is the this was the first time since a long time that we've had two games back to back where the d pairing stayed exactly the same in yeah. brody mccabe hall giordano shen riley yeah and, and it's like, looked better yeah, then do you do you like those pairings? Because when when we when we shape it up like that, people are kind of saying, "Hey, like, where's Morgan Riley going to play? He's going to play. He's going to play probably third line. He's going to get his minutes reduced to five on five, I think. And I think that's the right right course of action." So, and the reason why I never believed that is because we had never seen Morgan Riley play less than twenty minutes. Never, always over twenty minutes. Always playing at almost an egregious, you can call it, amount of hockey. Um, that's why I was like, they're not putting Morgan Riley third pairing. However, last game, they actually did 
they gave him third pairing minutes. I don't know why that might be, but they gave Morgan Riley third pairing minutes. They didn't play him as much as they usually did. And so if you're going to do that and you're going to third pairing him or put him on the third pairing, whatever you want to call it, uh, and you put him with Shen, it works so much better. If those two are in your top four, it's kind of disastrous. Shen doesn't read the defense. The, uh, he doesn't read defensive plays as well as you should, especially if you're a defensive defenseman. His main thing is like interrupting the cycle, hitting people, hitting people again, and that's about it, right? And then Morgan Riley's main thing is just offense. So it's like if you give them more minutes and you give them better competition, you give them more chances to screw up in the defensive zone, it's, it's going to be a disaster for the Leafs. However, if you're playing Brody McCabe a ton and then Giordano a ton, and Justin Hole has been actually been okay as of late. Am I wrong on that? Assessment? Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't been bad. And I think, again, the way, you been pretty good. Yeah, the way you utilize him helps, right? Like, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But with the defensive pairings, like what you saw last game um, against Nashville, like it worked and it, it spoke to A, the consistency of your, or your deep uh, pairing, or your line mates call it. And then. B, your deployment of them was proper. And it, it turned out to be pretty good. I mean, you're playing a shitty Nashville team who's beat up on offense. So it doesn't tell you that that much, but it's something to keep an eye on for Florida. Yeah. I think I, I don't see why they would change it up. They're going yeah. 7D though. So Lilgrim will be the seventh. And Gutsus we'll see. seems to be um, tending to a family personal, personal reasons, matter. Yeah. So um, yeah, if anyone draws in, it's Lilgrim. And I think that's a good another mini segue to the playoffs. Like in my head beforehand, when thinking about this, it was almost without a doubt, it'd be Lilligren in for Shen. Um, mm-hmm. But now that I'm thinking about it now on the spot, like I don't see why Giordano and Lilligren where Hall sits maybe wouldn't work. I think that could be something that works, but it then could, again, that, but will, will Sheldon Keith do that? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think so. That's I don't the thing. Know. Like, unless Timothy Lilgren plays fantastic tomorrow and whatever. Cause he was on a terrible run. You like, you have to take a look at it. Like who are you going to play in the playoffs? Like this is Justin Hall's last one, two, three, four games, 76.27 expected goals for 71.03, 47.92, which I still thought he played pretty well in that game. And then 57.81. This was Timothy Lilgren for like, I don't know, maybe bad circumstance, whatever. I mean, it like this is what his run of his last four or five games, whatever, has been. It's brace yourself, it's terrible. This site is amazing, but it takes some time to load. Uh okay, here we are. So from the oh, he was scratching a few of them. Anyways. Mm-hmm. His last like four games, whatever, 47.95, 59.91 against New York. Okay. 6.66 against Florida. And then, oh, actually 56.83 against Carolina. I I think, I think uh, the the biggest problems though, is that it seems like when he gets scratched and we saw this last year, when he gets scratched, yeah, it, it affects his confidence. He 
doesn't play as well with the puck, isn't as fluid as a skater. He kind of just is like a nervous Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold kid see ghosts. Like that's that's what he does. Like he's oh, seeing God. ghosts out there. He's seeing ghosts out there. That's what it looks like. When he touches a puck, he it's almost like he yeah. freezes. So I understand. Yeah. I mean, since the Buffalo game in mid-March, 20.12, 39.81, 36.86. And then you get into the last four that I mentioned there. Like it's it's since the trade deadline, it's been a tough stretch. And that that could be because of the scratches, exactly as you mentioned. Like he doesn't play that well after a scratch. What defenseman is going to play well as a seventh D man, like in the rotation playing eight fifteen in one game and eight forty nine the last game, like and then he was scratched the last game as well. So it's like it's it's it hasn't been the best opportunity. And it sucks because when Timothy Logan was given a top four role and given a good opportunity, he played well. But now it's been quite janky. It hasn't been as guaranteed, and as a result, he hasn't played as well. So if the playoffs started tomorrow, I don't think Timothy Logren and sorry, playoffs started tomorrow, Ryan Riley, Noel Chari are back. I don't think Timothy Logren's in that lineup. But you never know. Last year, he he was in, and then he got taken out, and Hole was out, and he got put in. So yeah. things change. Yeah, and, and one thing I hope to see, which I know we will not see, but I hope that we can stick with six guys and roll with it because every time you take a younger guy out, I think it just crushes their confidence. And uh, yeah, ev- even if even if they weren't scratched, even if they were like not in to begin with, and then you put them in, they still have that thought in the back of their head saying, if I, if I mess things up here, I'm going back in that Prescott box. I really don't want to mess things up. So on top of the pressure playing in the playoffs on top of the pressure of playing in a market that has been hungry for playoff success for literally 20 years on top of all that pressure that all this team is already facing. You have a guy putting more pressure on himself as a young kid, just a recipe for disaster. And like, again, you saw Travis Dermott, Rasmus Sandin made mistakes in the Montreal series, right? Like it was brutal. Those, this stuff was going to happen when you don't, when you're not instilling confidence in these young players. Yeah, that's true. And, and and the playoffs is not the place to do that. That's not what I'm saying. No. But but consistency is good. Exactly. Which what was the which game was it where? Oh, it was the wasn't it was it the Islanders game where he totally healed the puck? He just yeah. missed it and they went back yeah. the other way. Like when 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 has Timothy Lilgren done that all year? That's so uncharacteristic. I mean, he never. It's not like he's he's not a bad puck mover. He just yeah, literally yeah. he whiffed the puck. Like that's something that that's like one of those things that like i'm not yeah i'm I'm not worried about that because that's not something that's repeatable like he just it's just something that like a brain fart happened there it's like you know like and then that's something that gets you scratched that's something that shows that you're not 100 percent there mentally right so he was having a great game up until that point too yeah it's just kind of shitty it and it felt like it went all downhill from there so yeah we already talked about that game we don't have to bring that one up again that was a disaster but anyways um in terms of other points from this week, um, Sam Lafferty, I thought had a solid game against Carolina and then against Nashville. It was, uh, not great. Like the Sam Lafferty experience has been very inconsistent to say the least. He's very hot and cold. Yeah. And I think, um, I think just touching back on the conversation with Kerfoot in the second line, I think, 
he would probably be a guy that might fit on that second line, but I think Kerfoot just looks better. And, and I think that might just push him down to that third or fourth line role. I don't think Sam Lafferty would be a good in that top six. So, the, okay. So then you think he'd be better than on the fourth line? Like or third and fourth line. Yeah. Okay. If, if O'Reilly plays with bunting. Yeah. You think Lafferty you put them would... on that third line? Yeah. yeah. I think bunting, I think Lafferty O'Reilly could add some good speed to that line. Like, the speed is noticeable and the speed does things like his, his speed allows him to do little, little things where like you kind of don't count them for anything because maybe it doesn't result in a positive necessarily, but he interrupts plays very well and he does disrupt very well. He doesn't unfortunately win as many puck battles as I would like him to along the walls. And he doesn't, he unfortunately like, like he's a fast player, but he doesn't have the puck for that that long. It seems like ever. I, I feel like if he were to play with O'Reilly, I think he works with O'Reilly, and I think he would work Probably, with yeah. Nylander just because I feel like he's able to put the defenseman on the their heels a bit and push them a little bit further back and open up that space for Willie. But yeah, I I, I don't want to jump your point on Lafferty here. It's he's got yeah, like you said, he's been hot. I feel like cold, he's so. a good player. He's just like it's it hasn't been very good so far. Like. Listen to these numbers, like expected goals for percentage from, oh my God. Okay. From March 13th onward, 1.19% against the Sabres, 16.58% against the Avalanche, 31.76 against the Hurricanes, 28.66 against the Senators, 45.43 against the Islanders, 19.92 against the Panthers, 74.16 against the Hurricanes and then 41.68 against the Predators. So who was he playing with for those games? He wasn't playing with it's playing with kind this of this past like, game? Yeah, no, those past couple of games. Like Noel Achari. Achari, who else? Like just uh, Camp, those guys? Like he wasn't playing with Camp at all. He was playing with Noel Achari. It wasn't Zach Aston Reese. Who was on that fourth line? I don't know why I can't. I'm drawing a blank. Do you know? No, I'm I'm just gonna take a look at what they. But anyways, my at one point it was Kerfoot. It would have been Kerfoot. Yeah, right. I think I think the the point I'm trying to make though is oh okay. Bunting last game. Yeah, he, also here's Achari, Bunting Lafferty. I'm I'm forgetting it because we've been rolling with seven forwards yeah. for like so so often. So um, I think he's a passenger, not really a driver, but he's someone who he's again like that. But we don't need drivers. We like. With Ryan O'Reilly, he could look a lot better. Like it's possible. So like if he has a better puck possession guy, I think that would help for sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. They got to figure that one out because those numbers I just read off are are terrible. Like David Kampf, I felt like had a better game last game. David Kampf, Zach Aston Reese, and uh, drawing a blank on that third guy. I don't know why. Uh, it wasn't McCann, was it? Oh, what was it? McCann. Oh, was it Simmons? McCann, yes, it so. was. It was. It was Wayne Simmons. Wow. I, I don't know how I forgot about that. That line played, I thought, very well against Nashville. But it's like, I don't know. Like we, You've put Lafferty in a couple different spots, and he's he hasn't looked good yet. So it's like, what is it going to take to work? I think that that's something that I want to do if I have time is compare the Carolina game and the Nashville game or compare 
Carolina to literally any other game and see what went well there and how you can repeat that moving forward because it hasn't been very good at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. I believe, I, I believe in him. And again, like we have him for another year. I think you'll be able to, Yeah. but the most important part is we got to think, think playoffs though. So, Oh yeah. I mean, chances are, like you said, third or fourth line. Oh yeah. For sure. Third or fourth line. Yeah. So. And not playing center. He lied on his resume. He's not a center. <laughs> like he fully lied on his resume. I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah. Other pieces to talk about. Uh, Matt Murray had a very up and down week. Thought he played pretty well against the Panthers. Um, the Hurricanes was not a very good game. Didn't make too many great saves, but and then when you look at it, like the Burns goal, some people tried to blame him on it. Like that's a wide open shot from Brent Burns posting in perfect, perfect puck, puck placement. Like that's a really tough on one the to stop. on the power play too. Like on a five on three. You're going to score. The other team's probably going to score on a power play. So it's tough. I think that's a really tough one there. So don't blame them there. The second goal I mentioned was a weird one. The third goal, like it was cross crease and then back the other way again. And he stopped the first one is just puck was in a bad spot. So it's like, I don't know. I don't really fault him for that one. The fourth one is where that's just a big juicy rebound that you saw that you left out there that you really shouldn't have. Yeah, and and the I I wanted I need to do this next year. I can't believe I didn't do this this year. But I'm gonna start tracking every single time a a, a former Leafs player plays against, against the, Leafs. the Leafs, and I'm gonna look at the betting markets, find the best price available morning of, and I'm gonna see what happens if you just bet. Like, if are would you be able to win? Because like you shouldn't, but it feels like every god like Tyson Berry scored against us last game. Right, Tyson Berry had two points. Stefan Noson scored Mason. against us. However, you want to pronounce his name, he scored against us. It's like every on Saturday game. he did, right? Yes, with okay. the Hurricanes earlier in the year on the Sunday game. He, he also did. As well. Yeah, he has it's two crazy. Goals. It's crazy, and that guy to score is probably crazy return. So, like, yeah. the, just just hitting him for all the Carolina games, you would be profit. Anyways, I, I don't want to. Go on a tangent here, but I want to ask ones have there been. There's been so think. many. There's been so Hyman scored on us. Um Hyman scored, I think, a couple on us. Did. Uh of course he did. I I would just have to get a list to did see. Did Carter who, for Hagee score? For Hagee scored on us. Not not last game. I think that was before. He's gonna score eight. Uh, Carter for Hagee's in Florida. <laughs> We're playing them next game. That is a not financial advice, but a potential profitable <laughs> adventure. <laughs> But not necessarily a former leaf, but a former leaf draft draft pick. I'm sure it works all the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so if he was mentioned in the air of the Leafs, then yeah. So uh, exactly. So, um, yeah. So in terms of the goaltender, like up and down for Murray, I mean, he's not our starting goalie in the playoffs. Now you yeah. got to get Ilya Samsonov back up to speed. Just had his kid. He's back in the lineup now though. So that'll be, uh, fun to see him come back. I think he's starting Wednesday um, against the Panthers. They sent down Joseph Wall. He had another solid outing against the Predators. I mean, they mentioned on the broadcast, Chris Mason, former NHL goaltender. He's the color commentator for the Predators right now. He came over to Chris Cuthbert and said, hey, this Joseph Wall guy looks pretty good. Some pretty good praise right there. 
I thought he looked movements good too. Look great. Movements look great. Speed looks good. Reads looked pretty good as well. Like the goals they scored were like uh, tips. Just, Justin Hall scored the second one, basically. Like he yeah. bounced off his stick into the net. And exactly. I, Some other, I, t- there was another tip in there as well for the first goal. Yeah. Like, I mean, made some big saves. He's so, not playing the greatest team, but he played well. Exactly. And like, I don't know, obviously you're not going to, you see, you see what it is. I don't know how, how you're going to, there's nine more games left in the season. If he does play, like, I don't even know how you can even start it. But I, I, again, like I said this before, I'll say it again. I would rather start him over, over Matt Murray as our backup in the playoffs. I really would. Just because again, like I'm afraid of the Matt Murray being like, if, if Sansonov comes, if, if Murray comes into relief, that yeah. means knock on wood, Samsonov is hurt. And I, it's just hard to trust Matt Murray to stay healthy. And I'd, I'd rather trust Joseph wall. So I, I just don't want to be in this situation where we're sitting in, in game five, game six, and we have to go to an e-bug because our one goalie got hurt. And then our backup goalies made a glass. Just a no, tough they situation would call up wall in that situation, but yeah, you can carry three goalies. You can carry like nine. Okay. Black so, case in the playoffs. You'll be fine. There, there won't be to have an e-bug in the playoffs. That's, I don't I don't think that would happen. I, if it, if it were to ever happen, is there another team that you think it would happen to other than us? Like, come on. I uh, no, absolutely not. So, but <laughs> it would 1000% happen it, to the Leafs. And, and also besides that, like, I just think wall, like looks, he looks sharper. Like I, I, I think I don't, he again, does, I'm not, yeah. I'm not the goalie guy, but Murray overcommits the pucks a lot, like a lot. And Tampa Bay likes to move the puck a lot. And I think that what do you mean be, overcommits. So like, like, I feel like this is part of the reason why it gets burned, burned on wraparounds and things like that. It's like, if you get him going one way, he'll go that way. And if you get it, if you, if it goes one way and then goes back the other, he's not gonna be able to get back. Cause he's already so far. Yeah. His side to side movement. Isn't the quickest. I would say that. Yeah. So, um, whereas Joseph, where Wall, he does pretty well is when he sits in his RVH and he's able to just take up a lot of net essentially. And, um, he's pretty, he's very strong, um, on jam plays in front as well, which also that's in the RVH too, but yeah, side to side movements, I guess, aren't the greatest, but I don't know. I feel like when you get him like one-on-one shot with him, he's, he's, he's big. He covers the, a lot of the net and he, he makes those saves. So there's that, but, but Joseph I can... wall, I mean, the thing is like, he hasn't been tested that much this year. Like who's he played against Columbus, Montreal and Nashville. Now, I don't know who the other one was. I'd have to look it up, but yeah. anyways, regardless, like, the competition hasn't been that great. So we haven't been able to see too many open shots, too many like open odd man rushes. I know he had one on, uh, on Sunday, but it was like a one handed pass across. He and played when Calgary, he played Calgary who again, yeah. they can't score either. So like, yeah, three and one on the year, nine thirty four save percentage. It's very, very good. It's very, very encouraging. However, I wouldn't jump the gun and say he should start for the playoffs, but he's looked oh, would, really, really I don't, good. I don't think he should start. I just think he's, I have more confidence in him being the backup. And I think he has more confidence in himself being a backup than Murray has confidence in, self, in his, himself. It feels like so. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. But besides the point of these two guys, like I, again, I, it's every, I don't know how this is still, we talked about this two weeks, so this shouldn't be a debate. This is still a debate for some reason, I guess, because Samson off had a kid, 
No, Mur- Murray's not going to start over Samson. No, I don't think no. anyone's saying that God, anymore. No. God no. You're hearing I, more Joseph Wool should start. Yeah, I, I saw an article <laughs> about like them, like two. Like it's an NHL.com article, so take it with a grain of salt. But just saying, Ooh. who should start for the 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 Leafs? And the guys like, well, Murray has won a cup, so you should start. Like, who said that? I I have no idea. I got to find the article, but it was like two two guys talking about the Leafs. Anyways, um, yeah, no, not Murray should not start. So no, Mur- Matt Murray's not starting. Plain and simple. I don't know how else to put it, but. Anyways, yeah. So that was the goaltending from the past week. M- more encouraging stuff from Joseph Wall. I I really hope to see him again for the end of the regular season. So, yeah, yeah. Very um, few games left. Just just one last many. question about the goalies. How would you? We have we have a back to back coming up after this next game. So obviously, yeah. do do you think that we should like? So Samsonov plays this game. Do you think it's going to go yeah. Murray Samsonov, or do you think we're going to go Samsonov Murray for that back to back? Or do you think uh, who like, do they play? That's a good question. I want to say that they play Montreal for one of them. Sounds kind of right. Okay. Uh, so they go Florida, then they go Sen. Sorry, they go Senators, then Red Wings, Ooh. and then they go uh, Blue Jackets, Bruins, Habs, Panthers. Lightning, yeah. second last game of the year. Rangers. So yeah. Um, what was your question? I don't even. <laughs> uh, like, how how do you think they're gonna roll the next three games? You think you think that, you think there's any chance they'll just do one, two, three, one, two, three, or you think we're just probably not gonna see Wall for the rest of the season? No, you won't see Wall. Maybe at the maybe the last game of the year. Probably for the Lightning game. Probably for oh. the Lightning game, he'll play. Because I feel like the road. That's the thing. I, I, but I feel like for that lightning game, we're going to see like 11 guys scratched just because it's a lightning. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think they're going to do the same thing. Uh, there's a chance of that. Like the New York game, too. That, that Florida trip at the end of the year is kind of weird. So that's where I was like, if it was at home, maybe you could see Joseph Wool in the last game of the season or whatever. But I don't know how that's going to work. Um, Hopefully you see him in one more game at least this year, in my opinion. Yeah, but he's he's on the team next year. He's he's not eligible to go through waivers next year. No, he, he's uh, not. He, yeah, he'll get claimed. He'll get claimed in a heartbeat. He's making minimum con- minimum contract for this for 2023, 2024, 2024, 2025. That guy's gonna get claimed ah. without a doubt. So I two think- more years at 750, and he's been AHL goaltender of the year so far, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Not bad. So, yeah. High praise for Joseph Wool. He's looked really good. But, um, yeah. No need to talk about who's going to start in the playoffs. His name is Ilya Samsonov. Um, yeah. Any other points he had? That's about it. Yeah. So, Leafs are going to play the Lightning. It's all but guaranteed now. The Lightning are reeling a little bit. I wouldn't. They just beat Carolina 4 nothing. Well, they did? So what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> I tried to find the score of that game. I, I don't know why NHL.com is so difficult to find that to find that game. Because they beat the Hurricanes yeah. four nothing. Yeah. Ah, oh, jeez, and <laughs> jeez. Anyways, but that's who they least are going to play in the first round. So, it's, uh, here we here go we again. Yep. Here we go again. Here we go again. Anyways. If you don't have anything else, thanks everyone for listening. Go, let's go.